Welcome to Mom and Mind. I'm perinatal psychologist and host, Dr. Kat. There is more to the story than just postpartum depression, and this podcast aims to share it all, from personal stories and lived experience to experts who break down the ups and downs of life from getting pregnant, pregnancy, perinatal loss, and postpartum adjustment to new parenthood. While this is not psychotherapy or medical advice, it is all of the stuff you ever wanted to know about mental health and new parenthood. Welcome back to Mom and Mind. I am your host, perinatal psychologist, Dr. Kat. We are going to be getting into some really important information on this episode today regarding couples transition into postpartum, into life with a baby, and what the new normal looks like and what it can look like. There's a lot of difficulties that come up in the transition to parenthood, some that take us by surprise, some that are expected. But what is really important and what you will hear throughout this episode is how important communication is. That can be a hard leap for some people, but it really is that important. And to share all of this really important info with us is Catherine O'Brien. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist and founder of happywithbaby.com. She created Happy With Baby in order for new parents to discover the advice she wishes she could have had as a parent. She is currently living and practicing in Sacramento, California, and can be found at Happy With Baby on her website, on Instagram, and on Facebook. And to boot, her new book, also entitled Happy With Baby, is a really fantastic resource for couples who are transitioning into life as new parents. All right, let's get into all of this good stuff and meet Catherine O'Brien. Hey, Catherine, thank you so much for being with us again. I'm really excited to have you on and talk about this awesome book that you wrote and all of the amazing work that you're doing. I think so many people need this kind of support. So I'm, I'm really glad to have a chat with you and find out what couples are going through in the transition to parenthood. Well, I'm so happy to be here and be back with you. Awesome. Super fun. I'm trying to think of like the first time we met and it feels like it was a while back. Um, yeah. Maybe in San Diego at the PSI so. conference or something like that. Oh, yeah. Anyways, it's been a minute. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and in that time, you've really grown a, a doing a lot for couples. And I know you and your husband ran a couple's workshop. And you've been doing that for how long again? For over 12 years. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so I'm amazing. Like, how? I don't know. <laughs> my, my son is going to turn 13 in less than oh. 30 days. And mm-hmm. so I'm just like, how is that even a possibility? I don't know. I don't know. Time is weird. It's extra <laughs> weird right now too. Yes. Extra. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So you've been running that for a long time and yeah. you guys put all of that knowledge into your book. I'm happy with baby and I have it here. It's awesome. So, and your husband was able to give some perspective in there too about stuff, but this is like really a lot of your clinical knowledge stuff you've seen over years and years and now put into a book so that uh, folks can have that support at home too. Yes. Yeah. It's really awesome. So yeah. So in terms of today, let's get into that. Let's talk about the transition to parenthood and really specifically, you know, for moms and then for the couple. So what are you finding? Well, I guess maybe I'll, I'll start with some of your, like some of the things you see in your workshop. What are the things that people are, are coming in kind of, you know, struggling with or wanting to figure out? Yeah. So typically we can get, you know, we have people that are, they're expecting, and then we also have couples that 
are, you know, have a baby usually up to a year postpartum that will come. And so usually um, the couples that are expecting, they want, they've heard from their friends, like, oh, this is hard. Or, you know, now we've been doing it so long, you know, we'll get referrals from friends of friends. That's always good. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it is like, what, you know, what are, you know, what are we in for? We want to make sure our relationships stay strong. Like, you know, how are we going to manage like all of, you know, everything from like laundry and feedings and what to do about like sleepless nights and um, then dealing with family members and stuff. And then also like the ultimate thing is like, how are we keeping that intimacy in our own relationship? And, you know, for the couples that are already postpartum, like maybe they are struggling, you know, with the communication and not realizing really what the impact was going to be, which is why I came up with a workshop to begin with, because I did not realize the impact having a baby would have on uh, my relationship with my husband. So usually that's what it is. And just kind of like the reinforcement of like, yeah, you are doing so much right, but it is, it's like a really hard time period. It's like, it takes a lot out on us. And I think, you know, we hear so often like, oh, it's such a, a wonderful time. Enjoy every moment. And, and all those things that I feel like you know, we're setting families up for failure <laughs> or uh, feel- yeah. failures, you know, like feeling like, oh, why, why is everybody else, you know, having an easy time, which they're not, you know, but it, it can look like that or feel like that. And so just wanting to give like perspective, like these are the things, these are what you have ahead, but this is how you can kind of you know, combat it and like, like tools you can have in place, like a postpartum plan is what we usually call it. So yeah, that's really important stuff. Are, do you find that people are surprised a lot at, at how much their relationship is impacted? Are they surprised? Like, I think sometimes, yeah, sometimes they're really surprised. Like oh, I didn't, like, I didn't realize it, or I thought, you know, maybe my partner would be more supportive or sometimes they're surprised. Like their partner is as supportive as they are you know, or Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. in different ways. And it's like Mm -hmm. recognizing the things that they are doing because I think partners are much more supportive than they were in the past. Like there's a Mm -hmm. lot that really step up. And I think it's like figuring out how you each can recognize what the other person is doing and that it it is going to be different, you know, for each of you. So yeah, for sure. So in those first, I guess, if we're talking about like in that just initial postpartum Mm -hmm. period, where there's all all of this adjustment and well and also physical yes. recovery. Yes. In that first bit of time in the early postpartum when mm-hmm. when everything's new, bodies are healing and recovering. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's exhausted. It can feel really disorienting. It yes. can be really hard to like figure out even what you're doing and a lot of people end up feeling obviously like overwhelmed. And some people definitely are feeling like, what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. In terms of that transition, how are you seeing people move through that and get to a place where they feel better about about it and feeling empowered and they can help themselves like transition to a place where they feel like they know what they're doing? Well, so, I mean, I think one of the hardest parts right with the pandemic is that the the support there's it's been harder to find the support or like the people like Mm -hmm. coming to you for a large period of time it was like having that and I think when they start to like reach out for support and have a better support system and seeing like oh like some of this is is normal for a lot of different people it starts to like 
kind of like, okay, like I can do this. Like other people are doing this and, Mm -hmm. and here's some easier ways or like, you know, listening to what other people are saying. It's like, oh, this is how they're doing it. You know, like, oh, this might be easier for me where I think sometimes when, you know, and I'm sure you saw this as well, like in those early, you know, months, like they're just like in it and there's like no one reinforcing like what they're doing, how they're doing it and how to like support them in that. And I think that was a really, really difficult time. And I think, you know, just reinforces how difficult, you know, how important it is that we need support postpartum than just our partner. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure on the relationship, which I want to get to in, in just a second. Thank you to Crunch Labs for sponsoring this episode. Crunch Labs Build Box is a STEM subscription build-it-yourself box for kids where they get a really fun build-it-yourself toy in the mail. I'm so excited about Camp Crunch Labs for the summer. Kids get 12 build-it-yourself toys, one shipped every week, and they get exclusive Mark Rober videos and weekly challenges. This is perfect for my son who loves this stuff. When he was really little, he was always taking things apart and putting them back together to see how they work. We were watching Mark Rober on YouTube and I heard about the summer camp and Crunch Lab boxes and my son really wanted to get them. And I want him to have stuff to do that is fun and engaging for the summer. So when the box came in the mail, he could hardly contain himself. After he built the trampoline toss, he told me what he learned, he showed me how it all works and how great it was to watch the accompanying video with Mark Rober. It was like getting a personal tutorial. And honestly, these aren't just toys. It is real learning and super engaging, which my active brain and body kid really needs. So if your kid needs something like that for the summer, purchase this limited Camp Crunch Lab subscription and get two boxes free, a $60 value. Go to crunchlabs.com slash mind to sign your kids up for Camp Crunch Labs today. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of the Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. But like, yeah, to your point, I was talking with a mom the other day who, without being in like a group of other moms or talking Mm -hmm. to other moms, was kind of didn't realize that she could do some of the things that other moms Mm -hmm. were doing. Like, oh, you can like take your baby to Target and like those kinds of things that... You know, it made her realize a little bit of how um, anxious she was to do that. And it's really hard to have any of that perspective without, you know, what you're talking about, getting some outside, yeah, perspective. Perspective. Yeah. That's exactly Mm -hmm. what I was going to say. Because I think it is like we need that reinforcement. We need that encouragement. We need Mm -hmm. that support. We need that, you know, yeah, all of those things. Yeah, for sure. Right. So that's where like community 
And being in touch with other people is so super important. You know, I mean, I think we hear it all the time, how hard it is to be like honest and and Mm -hmm. real with other moms sometimes. Yeah. Other people in general, not even just moms, like sometimes our own parents or asking for help is a, is a huge challenge. Like Mm. it's admitting, like we can't do it when Mm -hmm. it's not like it is, we can't just do it like on our own. Like it's hard. It takes a toll if we do, you know? Yeah. Big time for sure. (laughs) And for people who feel like they're supposed to do it on their own Mm -hmm. and shouldn't ask for help, uh, it's really rough because like at the same time, you you like desperately need rest and a break Mm -hmm. and it feels too hard to ask for help. Do you ever see that within couples? Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it can be help. It can be hard to ask. And it, it, sometimes it's hard to ask if they feel like their partners, like their job is hard or they hmm. have a lot of pressure. Like maybe they have, you know, that comes up often like, oh, they have, you know, they're struggling there, you know, like they have family stuff going on or they've got a big project at work or something. And I don't want to burden them with what I'm going through mm-hmm. or that I'm mm-hmm. having a hard time yeah. because I don't want to add more pressure or stress um, on them. All right. Yeah. So it's, kind of, I mean, I hear this a lot. Maybe you do too. It's easier if I just do it. Yes. <laughs> uh, like that. Kind Maybe of immediately easier, yeah. <laughs> but long-term it's not easier. Yeah. Yeah. Can you yeah. speak to that a little bit? Like well, why long-term is it not easier to, to like ask for help from your partner? Because well, for a lot of things, I think we can get resentful. Like if we don't ask for help and then, and then they don't do stuff because they don't know what kind of support or help that we need, or we're always like kind of, you know, going, you know, stepping in and doing whatever mm-hmm. um, that, but we do, we can get resentful towards them. Cause then it's like, they're doing less. And sometimes they, and this is what I'll hear from the partners. They feel like, well, they don't think I, they never let me. So, you know, they, they stop asking or they stop, you know, putting, you know, moving towards, I think it can be difficult. You know, it's physically, it can be, you know, exhausting. Like, especially if you're getting up all night long or you're doing, you know, you're doing all the feedings, you're doing all the changings. And let's be honest, like the moms are usually have their own jobs and, you know, other things that they're doing too. I feel like I hear that a lot right now. It's like people are still working from home and, you know, maybe they have like a nanny or the baby's in daycare or whatever for part of the time, but then there's always like an overlap where they're still trying to do some work and take care of their children. And, keep the house and everything. And they're not, you know, they're not asking for help or their partner's not hearing that this is a challenge for them and, you know, can be like really frustrating and cause arguments. And, you know, sometimes their partner doesn't even realize what is happening if they're not being clear about what they need or how, what the impact is on them, you know, especially if they're always like stepping in and trying to take care of it. Yeah. I mean, that creates like a really difficult dynamic because like the thing that you don't want if you're the person who's needing help, but not asking mm-hmm. for help or stepping in, it, you're getting less and less of what you need over time. Yes. That's really tough. Yeah. That, I mean, that resentment is, is really toxic over time right. to the relationship too. Right. Yeah. Right. And I always like think of it as like this wall of like resentment that mm. goes up between the two of you. And then it gets to a point where like, you can't even like see each other. So if you want to, you know, work on it. Like you're going to have to tear down that wall, which is a Mm -hmm. lot of work and repair and everything Mm -hmm. to actually get to each other and start Mm -hmm. like connecting and feeling like, you know, you're in this together. So 
you know, like I've had couples that are like, oh, well, you know, in a, when the baby's a year old, like it'll be easier. So then we'll, and I'm like, it's not, it doesn't get easier because then you're, you're dealing with like all the frustration that you have for each other and that, and then you have to heal that first, you know, and then, you know, sometimes another baby comes along and, you know, how are you managing that, you know? And so sometimes we get couples like in our workshop, that is their second baby. And they're like, we don't want it to be as difficult the second time around, you know? So we want to have some things in place and like figure out like, how are we communicating better with each other in a way that we can hear what the other person is saying. Right. So that resentment is on both sides too. It's not just like, you know, the primary caregiver, but like the partner also, what are you seeing on the other side of the person who's like not necessarily the primary caregiver in terms of resentment? Yeah. Well, I think they feel, they can feel like their partner is it interested in them? Like is, is always mm-hmm. about the children. And so they feel like that less connection and like, oh, the, you know, the kids come first or whatever, or like, you know, you're too tired to even like do anything with me at the end of the day. And that can feel, you know, a lot of can build that resentment. And I think sometimes just even like the way, you know, communication can be hard because they, you know, one person might be shorter with the other person because they're frustrated and they're tired because they're yeah. doing a lot of stuff. And then it's like, ah, well, I don't even want to talk to you because <laughs> the way you talk to me doesn't feel good or doesn't sound good. Or like every time I say something, it's wrong or has a tone to it that doesn't feel good. Right. So, I mean, over time, that's just gonna, that's going to be harder and harder and harder. Mm-hmm. And for people who are listening and kind of maybe like wondering if they're having this resentment or building it, like what, what are things that they could notice internally that might help them realize like, oh, maybe I am resentful. So one of the things like I always notice that when like my husband frustrates me, like if everything he does is annoys me or I find frustrating, like from, you know, I'm standing in the kitchen doing something and I feel like he's always in my way or, you know, like mm-hmm. he doesn't wipe, you know, my big one is like, he doesn't wipe the sink, water off the sink after he washes his hands or whatever. Like, and the, right. I don't always notice those things. Like those mm-hmm. are like, a you know, a rarity now because, you know, we have worked a lot on our, but it's like, I know that like, if he does things that annoy me or just the way, you know, he answers things or, you know does things with the kids, then I'm like, okay, what's going on that I'm finding him so frustrating. And usually it comes back to like, not feeling connected, not feeling like somehow supported. And that means that clues into me, like I need to communicate with him better. I, we need to have like some one-on-one time we need, you know, we need to get on the same page or maybe like, I'm like feeling overworked and why is that? And do I need to ask him for more support in some areas? That could very well be it as too. So yeah, that, those little bits. I love how you're describing kind of like noticing how you're feeling, checking mm-hmm. in with yourself about what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm ass- assuming that's a lot of what you guys talk about too and how to stay connected. There's, you know, million and a half ways you could feel disconnected, like from tired, being tired, feeling overwhelmed uh, and not having time together, like right. you know, all of these things. What are what are ways that people could start? Like if they're worried about having that conversation about, oh, I'm starting to like not feel connected to you. Mm -hmm. Um, What are ways that people can start having that conversation? Well, I always encourage my couples to like make, find the moments, like the small moments to do like quick check-ins 
with each other, like every day, like, you know, how's the day going? Or even like acknowledging to each other, like ways that you do feel supported or what you feel like is going well. Cause there usually are those things. Some, mm. When we feel more anger or resentment, it's harder to see that, but usually mm. like there are some things. So if we can like look at like, Oh, look at the things that they do that help make my life easier mm-hmm. and try to build on that. But I think it's, it's to have those little check-ins like, Hey, you know, I'm struggling with this, you know, and maybe it's not even like with a relationship necessarily, but I'm really struggling with like how I'm getting the kids, like all the things I have to do mm-hmm. in the morning, or I'm struggling with like my balance of work and home. And, you know, and then they, you can welcome them into like, how can they help support you with that? Cause it's not saying like, you're not doing this. So, you know, this is how you're failing me. It's saying like, no, I need help. And maybe, I mean, this happens to me all the time. I don't know if this happens for you, but with with my partner is like, if I say something and I'll be like, oh, I have da, 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 da. And then he'll be like, well, why do you have all those things? And then it's like these, you know, sometimes these internal pressures, like I have added for myself and then right. he can help me like shift the perspective. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I don't have to do that. These like timelines or dates or deadlines that I set for myself are like unrealistic. Or it's like, well, why didn't you say like, I can do this. Like you didn't even ask me. I'm more than happy to like pick this up, you know, mm-hmm. and help you, you know, take the kids to wherever they have to go. And it's like, oh, yes, you're right. <laughs> I guess I could have asked. But like sometimes, right. you know, I yeah. think I have to do all of the things. Oh my gosh. Yes. I totally know what you're talking about. I, I think it's really easy to just start like mm-hmm. noticing all the things that need to get done and just start doing them mm-hmm. um, and kind of get in that momentum. Right. But yeah, for sure. It's really nice to have somebody kind of on the outside of your head. Like <laughs> yes. really don't need to say yes to that thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I like to tell couples, it's like, do you like, like check-ins and where you're looking at the calendar for the things coming up? Cause my mm. thing is, like, oh, I scheduled the, you know, the dentist, the orthodontist, the doctor's appointment or whatever. And then I just kind of assume that I'm taking, you yeah. know, or then uh-huh. I feel the pressure that I have to take them. Mm. And he's like, no, you just, just tell me like, I can, you know, re- whatever, take some time off work or do whatever and, and help you do that. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So just because I like scheduled it doesn't mean I have to do it all too. They, for sure. They yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to like, look at, you know, check in on those schedules and look at those things and see how you can help each other out. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm thinking about, especially in that, in the kind of early months of mm-hmm. having a baby is the title. One of your chapters is a, a new normal. Mm-hmm. And I love that because that's it, like in this transition, you are really trying to figure out what the mm-hmm. new normal is. And if you are kind of in your head with all of these mm-hmm. things that you're just describing, all the things you need to do, like doctor's appointments and whatnot, um, it can, it, and you're used to just like handling stuff, let's mm-hmm. say like pre, right? Pre, you just do what you need to do for yourself. And if you're making those appointments. Yeah. You might feel like you're the one who needs to take it, uh, take the baby or, or whatever. People might be feeling like they're the one who has to do everything. But mm-hmm. if you're creating a new normal with your partner, mm-hmm. that's going to look very different. And if you're not communicating about that, which is essentially like what you're saying, how important communication is, right? that, that new normal is going to feel terrible if you're taking everything on. And you know, I'm thinking like, or like where does resentment mm-hmm. if somebody's already not feeling anxious and depressed um mm-hmm. already resentment right. over time can lead to that right right feeling that overwhelm and, and stress for that long right. period of time 
because if we're, you know, we know that when we have a good, you know, our relationship helps us in with the depression and anxiety, right? Like if we have a good support system and, mm. you know, a ric- or I guess I should say like a ris- risk factor of, you know, depression, and anxiety is like marital conflict and stuff. So mm. it's like, if we like work on that too, you know, I think it's so important. For people who are like absolutely overwhelmed and feeling mm-hmm. anxious and feeling depressed and mm-hmm. are also thinking like, how am I going to work on my relationship? Yes. Like I can barely get sleep. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Hey, are you a parent of a teenager? Are you feeling overwhelmed about how to be what they need while also holding limits and boundaries that keep them safe? Are you tired of conversations that negate how messy this season of parenting is? Well, I've got you. My name is Casey O'Rourke. I am a positive discipline trainer, parent coach, and the host of the Joyful Courage podcast. Every week I come to you with an interview, digging into tough topics with experts I trust and solo shows that go deep into the personal growth and mindset needed to raise teens in a way that grows them into confident, capable young people. I am not afraid of getting real about the intersection of conscious parenting and the teen years, while also bringing in vulnerability, humor, and lightness. I'm walking the path with you and honored to serve. Listen to Joyful Courage on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. I think maybe you alluded to this a little bit with the, like the little check-ins or the, mm-hmm. the shorter stuff. What what are some other kind of tangible things that you've seen people do or you help people do to, yeah. to deal with trying to stay connected during all of this overwhelm? Right. Well, I mean, I think it, that's part of it, right? Like the little check-ins and breakdown, like, what is it that I really need? And it's like, like sleep, like, mm-hmm. you know, oftentimes, you know, especially if you have a baby that's waking up multiple times a night and when we're not getting sleep again, that like leads to the mood and anxiety disorders. It's like, okay, we've got to like, like break it down. Like, how am I going to get more sleep? Like I mm-hmm. need help. You know, how can you support me? How can we, you know, change our like schedule a little bit that, you know, I can get a longer chunk of sleep, you know, especially if, if you're breastfeeding or something or like, how can we do that? Mm-hmm. How can we manage that? Because the way it's working isn't working. And you know, I always like to say like, this isn't forever. Like this, like you go to bed early, you know, I stay up late or whatever. Like we don't get to connect at night. Like that won't be like that forever. It's like a period of time until, you know, 
the baby sleeping longer and I can get a more regular, you know, sleep. But that, I think that is a, a, an important thing to focus on. Like what are, like, how do we take the overwhelm? Like if you're so overwhelmed, it is like, I can't even work on my relationship. It's like, okay, well, how do we like break things down and make it and do work on one thing at a time? And I think like sleep is always to me, like the number one thing, because it can affect so much. Like I know when I don't get enough sleep, like (laughs) I mean, I I don't even know how I survived this, like (laughs) to the two pregnancies and postpartum, like, Mm -hmm. but we did it much better the second time because I did figure out how to get extra sleep and it was so much easier. And my mood was better in that regard and everything. So yeah, same. Yeah. Sleep is so important for sure. And people, I don't, you know, you wouldn't necessarily say like, oh, me getting sleep is going to help me feel more connected to my partner, but there's, it does not in in a direct way, but because you're, you have more patience, you, you feel supported. Like there's so many things that, that go into that sleep equation. So going kind of back a little bit to early postpartum, what, and specifically staying connected regarding intimacy, and I'm not even talking about sex specifically, um, just closeness because of all of the things you've already described that kind of get in the way of that. Oh, one of them is how you may be feeling about your own body and your own body in relation to your partner sometimes too. Yeah. Can you speak a little bit to that space of transitioning into life with uh, your, a new relationship with your body? Yeah. I mean, I think that can be, that is a huge issue oftentimes for women, especially if we've had like somebody, you know, issues with our, our, how we perceived our body prior to having a child and then our body does not look the same. It doesn't feel the same. And sometimes when our partner touches us, that doesn't feel the same, you know, and it can be uncomfortable. And so I think, again, I'm, this is where the communication is important because we, we need to share like where we're at and how we're feeling. And, you know, when we're wanting to be intimate, like, especially in those early months, you know, what felt good previously might not feel good right now and how do we talk about that or how do we navigate that together instead of like just shutting the door and not having anything because you know we're not feeling good in our body but then we you know put that wall up or shut the door or whatever and then our partners like feels re- can re- feel rejected too and like you know i hear this a lot like well, well they're not even interested in me anymore where oftentimes that's not the case it's there's more to it going on. So it's like, okay, let's talk about that. Let me, you know, help support you. Like, what do you need? And you know, what is happening with your body? And is it normal stuff? Or is there, there's things that maybe need to be checked out or talked to by a doctor, you know, pelvic floor type stuff or whatever that is. So I, which I know we don't talk about enough. And I think I'm hearing about it more and more, which it makes me excited, but like, you know, women just kind of, you know, we'll just accept things and think that this is how it's supposed to be. This is what happened. I had a baby. And it's like, we don't have to necessarily accept everything being uncomfortable or not feeling right. So yeah, that's, that's like a whole other episode. (laughs) That is a whole other episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Just the amount of stuff that we kind of put up with and think we have to put up with in terms of how our body feels and people discounting us and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can't go down that road because no. <laughs> I, I might, I might just go off. <laughs> it makes me so angry. Yeah. So that we'll save that for another time, but right. So if 
I mean, you were describing, I think something that I really important that I want to highlight is that um, that internal stuff, the stuff we're feeling internally, our partners might not know that we feel that way. So then they, all they are doing is interpreting it mm-hmm. as sometimes just rejection, just straight rejection. When um, let's just say in this case, the, the, the mom who's feeling that way might just be so overwhelmed with how she's feeling. But um, again, back to that communication. Yeah. Man, a lot can be assumed in incorrect assumptions, but if you don't have anything to go on, yeah, we just start telling stories to ourselves. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think the I think something like I struggled with was, you know, and you kind of had said this before, like we're so used to doing things that we need to do or, you know, and if we've been in our relationship long enough, we've kind of like learned how to, you know, do things and a lot of things mm-hmm. that we don't communicate about. And I think having the baby all of a sudden it's like we have to communicate about everything, you know, or you end up feeling like overwhelmed. And, and so it's like, okay, like, how do we go from like, oh, we've learned how to manage and we don't need to, I don't have to talk to my husband about getting my hair done until like the baby's here. And now I'm like, oh, wait, like who's watching the baby? Am I going at this time? You know, there's a Mm -hmm. lot of navigating words before it's like, I didn't have to navigate the things I did for myself and it changed postpartum. So now I feel like I'm communicating about everything or I don't want to, because I, you know, I don't want to have to ask, or I don't want to have to, you know, and then that causes like conflict and stuff, but it's like, it's not like necessarily asking. It's more like, okay, how are we navigating this together? Ooh, that's really important. Yeah. Cause it's, uh, that sucks to feel like you're like quote unquote asking for permission to go like whatever, get your hair done or whatever it is. He hates it when I, when I, he's all, when it's like, sounds like an ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it, but it is like, it's like, I'm asking like how we're going to manage the schedule, not necessarily like for permission, permission, to do that, right? you know, right. for sure. Yeah. But that kind of stuff can really get in the way of intimacy yeah. too. Like, I mean, all of this, not communicating yes. at all, all of it ends up getting in, in the way of closeness and feeling connection. And then going back to the body stuff, really specifically, if, if somebody's mm-hmm. feeling like their, their body has changed yeah. in ways that makes them feel uncomfortable, right, right. you know, sometimes people are making assumptions that like, oh, I, if I don't feel good about my body, then my partner must not either. Right. right. When oftentimes that's not the case. Absolutely. Do you yeah. see that a All lot? the times they're, oh yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I was talking to a couple one day and then she just started crying when he was like, I can't like, well, he was so upset to hear how she perceived herself and then the tears. And I was just like, yeah, like neither one of them knew what was going on in their own heads, you know? And it was like, mm-hmm. it, you know, he hurt for the thought that she would think so poorly of herself. And then for her to hear him say like, oh my gosh, you look, you know, I, like as if nothing had ever changed, you know, right, like right, you, right. Are, you know, and maybe more amazing. Cause you had just gave birth to a baby, like your body, how awesome, you know, how awesome are you? You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That's a good one. Right. Yeah. Some partners do have some really newfound respect for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, birth or what yeah. the, what their partner's body can do and, and all of that. That's, mm-hmm. that's a really good point. It's yeah, I guess it kind of, all of this comes back to communication, right. trying to not make assumptions about what your partner is thinking or feeling. And that's right. on both sides. Right. Yeah. It, it can get really dicey in there without yeah. the communication. That seems yeah. to be the thing that holds everything together. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think it's just even sometimes it's even simply communicating like, oh my gosh, things are so different. Like, how are we doing? You know, it's so different for yeah. both of us. It's mm-hmm. plain and simple. Like, how, so how are we doing? How are we managing this? And it is a new normal, but it's like, 
sometimes it can be an even better normal once you figure out like, you know, you get on the right road together. Like sometimes, you know, you have to smooth the road out a little bit, but it can get better. And it's, you know, you can still do the same things that you used to do. It just might look a little bit different. And what were those things that you really enjoyed doing together? And how did you spend time together? And how can you start, you know, incorporating some of those things, maybe not in the big ways you did before, but in like smaller ways. For sure. So in terms of, uh, you know, you you said many times how important even just like small check-ins are. Do you, is there any, anything that, any advice, I guess you could give to people who want to do something like that? How to make sure it doesn't fall through the cracks? Because mm-hmm. um, in the busyness of all of this, it'd be really easy to not, yeah. not check in. Yeah. I, I would try to, I think it's like, if you can pick the time of day that you're going to do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I do, you know, ideally it's the same time every day, but people have different kinds of schedules. So, you know, it could be like, oh, we had our check-in today and it's like, okay, let's look at our calendar. What's a good time tomorrow, according to plan, you know? And mm-hmm. then like, how can you do it? Is it like, you know, you know, it's hard, you know, if you have kids running around, but it's like, oh, if we go for a walk and then we're pushing them a stroller, like maybe we can do a check-in that way, or they're playing here, you know, doing their thing and like, let's have a quick check-in or like right when they go to bed, or maybe we, I mean, this was never us, but <laughs> maybe your kids sleep in long enough that you can get up early and have a cup of coffee together and have a check-in, or maybe it's even like on a lunch break and you're not in the same place, but you hop on the phone or FaceTime or whatever, and you check in with each other you like finding those little times and you know, it's like, I mean, ideally 10 to 15 minutes, but sometimes you, you don't have that much time. So it's, it's shorter, but you know, you add that time up over the course of a week and month and, and any of those minutes like count for something. Yeah. I love that, that you're, you're breaking it down into those like little bite-sized kind of pieces. Cause it can, I, I think it could feel really overwhelming to feel like, yeah. oh, we got to like set aside all this time and I don't have time. Yeah, and it's like, oh, I'm going to sit down with like a pad of, you know, like I felt like it, it right. doesn't have to, it's like, how do you get the, <laughs> nothing like that. It's nothing uh, like that. Doesn't I mean, have to be formal. You're looking at your calendars and maybe you're writing things down, but mm-hmm. the little check-ins, like, even if it's something as simple as like, Hey, you know, you're scheduled to do this. Are, are you still getting home earlier? You know, are you still working late? Like, you know, checking in about those kind of things. For sure. Just to know that you're both going in the same direction on the same page. And if there's time, then kind of seeing how each other is doing, how everyone's coping. Yeah. Right. It's really, really important. So communication, 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 (laughs) (laughs) and then, (laughs) right. But right. It doesn't have to take up your whole life, like 10 minutes just to see. And it could be like fun things, like communicating Mm -hmm. about the things that you like to do or like, you know, making a list of things like, okay, when we have more time, when we have a babysitter or whatever, like, let's make our bucket list of things that we want to do together or like, Mm. Oh, I thought I saw this new restaurant. Like, let's check that out the next time we have it. And like, write these things down. So when you have those opportunities to have those dates and stuff, it's, you can remember it. Cause I feel like I'm usually like, Oh, I saw this. That looks good. And then it's like, comes time to go do something. It's like, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to (laughs) do for sure? It's like, let me go back the list that we've been creating, you know, or oh, like, yeah, we want to go away, you know, eventually, you know, for a weekend somewhere or something like that, like start making those lists. So it's like, oh yeah, these, this is how we want to, you know, enjoy our time together and have fun or, you know, trying something new or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that in. Cause yeah, it doesn't have to be just all about business and serious yeah. and, and all of that. Oh, I love that. 
Yeah, you're so right about writing down things because um, like that foggy headedness and memory, yes. like not being yeah. able to remember stuff is so real mm-hmm. when, especially in the, those early months. But let's be honest, like <laughs> it's just, it just is a little bit hard these days in general. Yes, yes, <laughs> it really is. The stress yeah. we're going through. Right. Yeah. So this is uh, hopeful. This feels hopeful, like that people don't have to feel disconnected. There's this path that that you're offering them. Right. And I mean, it takes work, right? Like we know Mm -hmm. all relationships, as good as they are, take work. But it's like, even if it's like you're in that place postpartum and you're really struggling and it feels like, oh my gosh, what happened to our relationship? It, It doesn't have to be negative. It doesn't have to be, feel this hard. It's just finding, you know, let's find those little ways to like reconnect with each other and make that time. And though it's harder to do, you know, because time is less abundant, it is possible to do it. For sure. Well, I thank you so much for all of this. Um, Let me pause here real quick for a second. Do you feel like we got in enough of the the stuff that you like had in mind? Okay. I just want to make sure. Um, Is there anything else that you want to end on before I wrap us up? I don't think so. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and giving us all of these good tips. And I know that there are a lot more in your book, Happy with Baby. And I hope that everyone can go grab a copy and have this. It's it's um, accessible and it gives really good examples of what happens for couples mm-hmm. um, and how to cope and deal. And I, I just think it's such a fabulous resource for families yeah. out there. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm happy to have you on. and. Someday we'll have you on again with your next book. Huh? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> really like 10 years as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like how long it took me to write this one. Yeah, it's it's tough business. Yeah. I appreciate how hard it is to write a book and yes. it's such an awesome resource. So thanks. Oh, thank you so again much. so much. There is so much more to know about the transition into parenthood when it relates to you and your partner. There is so much to know about the transition into parenthood as a couple. And as you heard, a lot of it is related to communication. So if you'd like to learn more and get Catherine's new book, Happy with Baby, please do go to her website, happywithbaby.com or find it on Amazon. And for those of you who are listening and know that there are other people who could really benefit from hearing this conversation, please do forward this. It is so important that we're all sharing this information with each other so that nobody feels like they're going through this alone. Thank you so much for being with us. Until next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please share this podcast. Together we can support moms and families so that no one has to deal with this alone. Come connect with us at momandmind.com. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? 
And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.